0: Hello friends, welcome to Daily Conversations, a lifestyle podcast where we talk about everything from God to relationships and current events. We are your hosts, Crystal and Demetrius Daly. We are young adult pastors and certified in marriage and family development. If you need advice on any topic, send us an email. We'll address it online and give you counsel on how to overcome it. We look forward to hearing from you, and we can't wait to help you live your best lives. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to Daily Conversations. My name is Crystal.
1: And I'm Demetrius.
0: And today we have a special guest. We have my childhood friend. Her name is Kanika Dorsey. Um, she, We've been friends since like the of the age five, I believe five years of age, we've been friends. And so I'm happy to have her here today. She also has a talk show called Recovery and Resilience, and she'll, she will she t- will tell you more about that. So welcome to the show, Kanika.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, do you want to talk about um, your talk show before you get started? Sure. Let me put a quick plug in. So mm-hmm. I do
2: my shows on Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Virtuous Streams. It's called Resiliency and Recovery, The Comeback. So please join me. You can watch me on YouTube as well at 10 a.m. Check me out. I have shows from season episode one until episode 36. So feel free to go ahead and comment, like, share it. And I appreciate your support.
0: Yay. I'm so excited about this conversation. I invited Kanika on. I wanted to talk about a really good conversation. Um, and the conversation that we're going to talk about is Diaries of a Preacher's Kid, of a PK. So Kanika is a PK. Her family has been in ministry since forever. Her dad actually has a street named after, after him where we grew up at. So that's a fun fact. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Diaries of a PK. Uh, Kanika, you ready for this conversation? I'm ready. I don't know
2: how much I'm going to share, but
0: I'm
1: ready. Uh, first of all, Kanika, I got to applaud you for still being here because I know it's tough being a preacher's kid, you know, and a lot of people um, that I've known that preacher kids, they are uh, they're, 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 they're a mess. You know, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just saying it because there was so much pressure on them. Uh, so I can't, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and to encourage those out there who may be a little, you know, younger than you or some that were are still dealing with some of the effects of being a, a, a PK.
0: Yeah. And speaking of pressure, that was like one of my first questions. Did you feel any pressures of being a preacher's kid? So, I felt pressures from the outside world because I
2: had a label on me as a preacher's kid. So, growing up, anywhere that I went, anyone who saw me knew that I was a preacher's kid. And it it didn't help when I was a child that friends used to make fun of me, right? So, as I became older, I stopped telling people that I was a preacher's kid because there was a level of embarrassment. And people always assumed that I had to walk the straight and narrow path. And it didn't allow me any time to make mistakes. And so growing up as a preacher's child at home, I knew to act one way, but outside, especially when I was little, I probably tried to blend it with my friends, do the things that they did, so that way I wouldn't be an outsider. So that's the most difficult thing when it comes to what friends do and whether or not you want to succumb to the peer pressure. Now, my friends weren't doing anything negative but I knew that if they were hanging out on the block at 11 p.m., I wanted to hang out on the block at 11 p.m. No one. I had to be inside when the street lights went on, and anywhere I went, people knew that I was a preacher's kid. So it was definitely difficult growing up.
0: And you're not the only person that had to be in when the street lights went on. Went on. I had to too. It was like uh me, you, and Rosalind. Janelle always got to stay out late. So, um, I definitely feel that pain. We wanted to hang out, but our parents just was not having it. And um, just to quickly laugh about something, I'm just remembering how your dad would call all you guys in. (laughs) So Kanika has five siblings and they all start, their names start with the letter K. So he would start with the oldest, which was Kim. He would be like, Kim. Kiway, Kenyatta, Kanika, Kareem, get your butts in (laughs) the house. And he would end it with, let's go. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I remember that. That was like, I think everybody where we live remember that. Um, But, yeah, we just loved your dad. And he was such a phenomenal man, um, phenomenal man of God. And I remember going to church with you guys your dad would have that he had that van and somehow because it was five of y'all somehow he was he able he was able to make room for the rest of us to come to church so a few others of you know the people in the neighborhood would pack into that van and we would go to church and we would be there all night long typically when we went to brooklyn oh my god
2: so many memories. so many memories an hour one way, an hour back, and we spend all day at church. Oh. All day. Every day, all day.
0: Yes. Yes. So that leads me into the next question. Um, do you feel like you ever wanted to walk away from the faith because of certain pressures? or?
2: So if I'm being very transparent, when my father passed away... It was the hardest thing I had ever had to experience because I questioned and I wondered how could this great man of God go home to be with God, right? And it was a struggle. It was hard. And in that time, I strayed from the path. I strayed from the path because I could not understand how this great man, and I'm not talking about the preacher. I'm talking about the father, left us, right? And he left us, and my mother was there to carry the torch. And it was a difficult time for me. I'm thankful for my mother. She's in ministry as well. She is an apostle as well. I'm thankful for her. She made sure that I did not stray too far. But it was a very difficult time because I questioned. I did not understand. I was younger when I lost him, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a hard experience, and my brother was two years younger than me. And it was the most difficult time in my life. And I'm telling you, for a few years, I decided that I did not want to go to church. I did not want anything to do with church. I did not want anything to do with God. I didn't share with anybody. I just did not go. And I think my mother knew, and I'm grateful that she stayed on her knees and continued to pray for me. But it was difficult because I questioned God. But as always, when you are a preacher's kid, and I say always, right? You might stray, but you know in the back of your Mm -hmm. mind there are some things that have been instilled in you and you cannot stray for too long. So although I took some time, and I mean some time, and I'm not even sharing the years because I don't want anybody to hold me to it, I took some years to step away. But then I knew that I needed to raise my daughter in the church and I came back. But I'm going to tell you this, and my mother can testify to it, I sent Mariah to church, but I didn't go because I was upset with God. I refused to go because I said, God, how could you take him? I did not have enough years on this earth with him. And so I strayed. Now, years later, right? I know that that is the only place that I need to be because if I ever doubted, God has always shown up and let me know that he hasn't forgotten about me. And even in those years where I strayed, God made sure that he didn't forget about me. So unfortunately, just not a it doesn't mean just a preacher's kid, it means people in general when it comes to your faith and something dramatic or tragic happens, it steers you away from that path.
0: Yeah, that's that's totally totally understandable. Did, yeah. you, did you have um anything to add to that babe?
1: Oh no, she she basically said it all. I mean.
0: Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. You know, whenever you have a traumatic um situation like that, sometimes you know, it really shakes you, right? So, you know, I think a lot of times that You know, you kind of got to gather yourself. But like you said, when you're when you have something instilled into you, like from a child like you guys did, you always come back to that. And I even remember having Bible study in church in your living room downstairs. You know, we would that would be another thing, you know, Bible study church that you guys would have, you know. And it was funny because our my parents, my grandparents, rather, they were religious right they went to church and stuff like that even though some other people um where we live their children did not but even if they ch- if they were not religious they would still send their children to your basement I mean to your living room where we would have bible study and church so that they can get the word as well so I remember that and um just your mom you know your family was very impactful on for me you know, growing up, and I was telling my husband how it was back then because I'm. I, first of all, let me just say I'm so grateful for the way that we grew up because all of the adults that they, they were, they like, they had like this thing like where we were, they were accountable for each other, like just for our, us kids. So, you know, when we was at Rosalind's house, her mom and dad, you know, whoever's house you we were at. You know, there was like this level of accountability and um your mom, she would make us sandwiches to go on our field trips when we did dance at YTI and she would just do all these wonderful things. So, you know, your family was very impactful, along with other families as well. And I just I remember those times and I'm like, wow, they really invested in us children. So I'm really grateful for that.
2: Um You know. I think I was born with the Bible in my hand. I think that's how I came out the womb with the Bible in my hand. And I remember from a child quoting scriptures and having to memorize the books of the Bible. And I was so annoyed. Like, why am I remembering these books of the Bible? Why am I quoting these scriptures? But even in my time now, those scriptures are what gets me through. Those scriptures are what I quote at two or three o'clock in the morning. Those scriptures are what I quote on my way to work. So I am thankful for the values and the morals that have been instilled in me and how I grew up in church. I couldn't say that 15 years ago. I couldn't say that 20 years ago. But at my age now, I can definitely say that I am thankful that my parents raised us to be involved in a church and then to make our own decisions as we got older, older, whether or not we wanted to continue. And guess what? We continued. Right.
1: I got a question for you, Kanika. It's funny because you're answering a lot of the questions that <laughs> before I be, before I get to ask them to you. Um, so I know you had mentioned that, you know, you, you have four other siblings. Um, so when your father was here and growing up, did you feel uh, that you had a lack of one-on-one time with him that could have kind of played a role in That's being upset with, with, with God or upset with him for going too too soon?
2: Well, from telling myself, we had a lot of one-on-one time because at 10 years old, and I share this on my show, I've experienced some issues in school. So we had a lot of one-on-one time, all the times he had to come to the school, all the times I had to go with him to his job to stay there. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that out there right, real quick, but we definitely had time to spend together. I don't feel like there was time lacking. There were times when I remember my father coming to pick me up, and I'm not going to say why, but I remember at school- and I would go spend his entire day with him at his job or times he had to pick me up for appointments and even my mother. So I don't ever feel like I was lacking any time with him. I just feel like the time that I lacked wasn't long enough because I felt like he was gone too soon. Mm,
1: good
0: answer. That's awesome. That was a good, that was a good question, babe. And speaking about that, um, that kind of leads me into a question that I had about, did you think you had a specific call or do you know that you have a specific calling um, and are you walking in that?
1: Oh
2: my. whoa. Oh, okay. Oh sorry. Uh-oh. Let's get right to it. We're right on the
0: Let's spot, get
1: right eh? to it. <laughs>
0: so,
2: the answer to that is yes. Am I walking in a hundred percent? The answer to that is no. And sometimes I have to talk to God and he probably taps me on my forehead. I said, God, I need you to show up and come in my mirror and write me a message if there's something that you need me to do. And that's a joke, right? But that's what I say. I need you to send the angel on my bed and I need you to talk to me because some people, he speaks to them and it's very clear. And there are some times that I'm like, I need to know that it's clear. And then somebody comes in and they confirm it for me. So am I walking a hundred percent in those gifts? I am definitely not do I know that eventually that I need to walk in those gifts I do and if I'm being totally honest I don't know that I'm 100% ready like I don't know that I'm 100% ready to say I'm ready to truly walk in that area that I know I'm supposed to go now am I all the way on the left I'm definitely not on the left like you know am I in the middle probably more to the right if I if I had to say but I know that there's been a calling on my life from the time I was little when I do my show and I reference that that's a part of the calling, right? Because there are some times when I'm talking and it's from the heart and my passion just takes over and I know that I'm walking in my calling. Am I a hundred percent? I might say I'm 80%, but I can get to hundred. I know I'm getting there. I know that God speaks to me. I know that there are some things I need to do. And like everybody else, I'm a work in progress.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? As you're talking, I'm just sitting here because that's, that's probably, that's, the part of the issue with a lot of stuff is that although we love God, right, we follow God, people will put so much pressure on you, their their stuff, what they think you should be or how they think you should do or how you should walk, that it does sometimes kind of not, I don't know what the word is that I want to use, but hinders you from moving forward, And so, you know, you have those pressures and then you have your own internal pressures because I think a lot of people in ministry feel that way. I feel that way. You know, I know, I know I'm supposed to be doing more. You know, I know, yes, my husband and I, we're the young adult pastors at our church, but I know that I'm supposed to be doing more. You know, God showed me a vision of how I would be ministering and preaching the word and I just don't see it yet. You know, I'm not. <laughs> One thing,
1: babe, and Kenita, you, you just take yourself out of it. Because a lot of times, if you look at through the Bible, all the people that God used, none of them were ready. Mm-hmm. And if it was left up to them to be ready, none of them would accomplish what God had for them to accomplish. Moses wasn't ready. said so he couldn't talk. You know, David um, you know, David wasn't ready. Uh, Peter wasn't ready. Saul, uh, who became Paul, wasn't ready. Um, even though you know you're not ready, start doing little by little what he's called you to do by faith. Just step out and start doing what he's asked you to do, um, because you don't want to get into the situation where God say, "You know what? You're not doing what I'm asking you to do. I'm gonna put somebody else in your place to do it." Or He may treat you like Jonah and say, "You're gonna do it. You know, if a well gotta swallow you and spit you out for you know for you to do what I ask you to do, you're gonna do it." So I just encourage uh, like all of us to just continue to, to if God puts something in, to, into your heart and put a thought into your mind to do it, just do it, yeah. whether, whether you're ready or not. And let him, you know, it's all about, it's all about his timing. Let him determine when it's, when it's the time for you to do it. Because like you said, Crystal, sometimes you may not feel, and you may feel like you, that you could be doing more, but God's like you're right where you're supposed to be at the time where you're supposed to be. You know, it's only when we start thinking in the first place that the devil attacks us is our mind and makes us think, you're not, doing, uh-huh, you're not doing what he's told you to do, and you start, well, oh, maybe I'm not doing as much as I should be doing. No, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing at this moment. Yeah, it may not be what you with the vision God showed you now, but in time, God will give you the resources and, and the time and place to do what he's called you to do.
2: Amen. Babe. One thing I can share is that my mother, right, She walks in her gifts. But in talking to her, I talk to her sometimes and I say, I need to talk to you as my mother or I need to talk to you as the apostle, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very important. And when people talk to me, I need people to be able to see me as Kanika, not as the preacher's kid, right? Mm -hmm. So growing up, I wasn't ready to walk in my calling because I wanted people to see me as Kanika, opposed to being the preacher's kid. And I felt that when I grew up, that is how people saw me, that is how they identified me. You are Garfield's kid, right? Or you're the pastor's kid, or you're Mildred's kid. You're the pastor's kid, right? And so I knew that I did not want to walk on those gifts because of labels that Mm -hmm. people put on me. Now, when you are a preacher's child, you can't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You can't make mistakes like the people around you. People don't give you an opportunity to step out of line. They always want you to, and I use the word always because that's how it felt. They always want to see you do the right thing. Now, if I was doing something that my friends were doing and I shouldn't have been doing, Believe that by the time I got home, my parents knew about it, right? Why? Because my parents were pastors. They were pastors. So I didn't have the opportunity to step out of line too much. And that is why growing up, I refused to walk in my call. And I didn't want to walk in it because I didn't want people to label me the way they did as a child. As an adult, I know it's definitely important for me to use the gifts that I have and I'm using them in my professional life I'm using them in my personal life but I just knew that as a child I didn't want to use them because of experiences that I had or negative comments that were made or being teased when I was a child it just wasn't something that I desired or even looked forward to doing as an adult
0: right and just for y'all, um, all you guys who's listening, I wasn't the one that was teasing her. No, was a- <laughs> no um, that was a joke. But um, no, I absolutely agree. And it's is really a shame, like I said, that people would put those labels on you. The the only thing that I can think about is that. And again, this is what hinders you or it makes you like kind of like reluctant to go for it. And I'm saying even from my perspective, because I do it too, is um, you know, a lot of times, like it's funny because I'm 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 hearing what you said already in my ear when you was talking and I'm like, wait a minute, he just spoke about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, reality is, um, you know, like you say you're not perfect, right? And so a lot of times I know that God will use you where you are. But a lot of times you put that self-pressure on like, you know what? I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, I'm doing this right now and I'm not ready to stop doing this. So let me not walk in my calling because I don't want to appear like a hypocrite. I've I've had that a trillion times in my lifetime. Like a trillion times. I have said that to myself i'm not ready to you know let this go and that's just like a point of being delivered from something really you know but i was like i don't want to let this go you know but I, and this is why i don't want to walk in my calling to preaching or doing this or doing that um because i don't want people to see me as a hypocrite you know so people you know and i do believe to some extent not to some extent a lot that people should be in a certain place you know when they are in leadership roles as as far as the church is concerned because you know people are looking up to them but you know you have to realize that they are human and that you have to allow for an area of grace you know just as long as you're not like harming people and church hurt is a whole nother subject but you know um I think that a lot of times you got to give people grace as well, and let them and and know that your pastor's human, your apostle's human, your bishop's human. So you know that's the thing that people really need to to think about.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you about the hypocrite part, but at the same time, like Kanika was saying, it's the, it's the outside world that's putting mm-hmm. pressure on you. They could be sending money through Friday, but because you're a preacher's kid or you're a leader in a church, you know. You, if you go to to see a rated r movie ah look at they're supposed to be a christian you know we can't we, we can't allow that or those pressures to be put on us we got to really actually like kind of like just kind of ignore that you know you got the same people who are sinning calling you a hypocrite that has no no That's relationship true. with christ so we, you know when you're going through it i know it's hard not to think about that but you know we really got to kind of like like I, I guess with growth, you kind of, like, you know, dismiss mm-hmm. that because it had happened to, you know, myself. I'm like, right now, if I'm going to go watch a movie, I'm going to watch a movie. I don't care who's in there. You know, if I got to get some cooking wine and go into a liquor store for my wife or so somebody see me coming out, th- that, you know, they don't know why I'm in there. I know why I'm in there, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, because pe- they're going to lie. They're going to lie. People are going to blame you and accuse you of stuff. You know, and you just got to continue to walk in your blessing and not not let anybody pull you down.
0: That's true. That's true that because that's their you own know, internal stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember, and you know,
2: speaking about life experiences, right, there were certain things that we could not do. And one of the things growing up we could not do was listen to anything outside of gospel music in my house. It was forbidden, it was not allowed, we could not listen to it. So when my father wasn't home, we used to sneak and listen to it. My brother would bring Young TV Vap raps, Zap Five Freddy <laughs> videos, right? VHS to so listen to it, right? And that was the only time that I could listen to those things. So when I went out with my friends, I wanted to make sure I knew the lyrics. I wanted to make sure I knew the songs so I could snap my fingers and clap my hands like everybody else, right? And it sounds like something so minor, but as a child, it was forbidden in my house. Mm -hmm. We could not listen to any of those things. And I remember feeling a lot of embarrassment because when I went out with my friends, I didn't know the latest music. But if you asked me a gospel song, I could sing it for you. I could tell you the lyrics. I could tell you the author I could tell you all of that but I couldn't say anything else and I remember feeling like an outsider growing up now I'm like oh I love those songs I played them on my way to work right it's stuff I need it's stuff that helps heal my soul but as a child it's something that I did not want to experience because I felt left out
0: yeah and it's it's crazy that you mentioned that because in my household we didn't either you know my grandmother wasn't listening to no second (laughs) you know she wasn't you know my grandparents was not listening to no secular music, so I didn't listen listen to it in the house either. It was like either at school or at other friends' house that you know they were allowed to listen to that. but in that household i didn't i didn't listen to the secular music, and it's funny because you this is probably the first time you may hear this, but I always felt left out. I always felt left out. And I always felt different, even within our squad, within us, Janelle, Brandy, you guys. I've always felt like an outcast. I always felt like I was different every single time.
1: Why is that?
0: Ah, uh, babe.
1: Well, since <laughs> you mentioned it, you I know, it, you
0: know, I know. Now he put me, this is <laughs> Kanika's interview. Um, well, I know. It was, because, okay. it was really because it was, I didn't know it then because... I was too young, but it was the call that God had on my life. I didn't, I didn't know then, but for some reason, Janelle and Brandy could dress. You know, like they, they, they put all this. Brandy, Brandy, specifically, she put stuff together, and I'm like, how does she make this come together? It'd be five different colors, but somehow it looked good. And I'd be like, she could make anything look good, and I just never could dress like them. I could never. It just none of that ever. I just never looked good, like how they look good, you know? And I'm just like, I just never, I felt like I never fit in. So that's the first time i can relate.
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I can relate because it was just experiences that my friends had that I didn't have. And my parents weren't allowing me to have them. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, I'm like, okay, thank you for that because it could have steered me in the wrong direction. But as a child, I definitely did not understand why it was a hard no for for things that I wanted to do that my friends were doing.
0: So what, what, what are some of the other hardest parts do you think about, you know, being a PK kid? Like what are some of the other hardest parts that you think that PKs have?
2: That people look and expect you to walk the straight and narrow line all the time. When you step out of line, your consequences, people assume, are definitely harder than the person who does not go to church. It was definitely definitely difficult when my friends were going out to parties and I could not go Mm -hmm. or I had to be in a house, right? On Sunday morning, getting up early in the morning to go to church and my friends are talking about they're sleeping in late or something's happening or they're hanging out or they're going to a cookout or going to something else that I could not attend, right? But the most difficult part, I would say, is people not letting me be a child. Mm. Like, I felt like at times, right, not my friends, but people outside or people in the community didn't allow me to be a child because of the label that was on me or because of how my parents conducted themselves. I felt like at times I could not be who I was because people always expected okay, you're a preacher's child. You shouldn't be doing that over here in this neighborhood or you shouldn't be outside with your friends at a certain time or you shouldn't use that language or you shouldn't dress a certain way. And I didn't know as a child, I used to just wonder, like, can y'all just let me be? But I didn't know the great responsibility that I held being a preacher's child. Like, I didn't know. And my parents in the house let us be free and normal. I don't know if they knew the experiences that we were having outside of the house.
1: Mm. So did you feel that any of your shortcomings were a reflection of your parents?
2: I didn't because I came from an amazing household, Mm -hmm. right? My parents were superstars to me. And the house that I grew up in and the love that I felt and from my family, from my siblings, I never felt that way. So I definitely felt that there was always love in my house. My house was a hangout spot. Mm -hmm. My father would wake up and there would be 20 people in the living room sleeping on top of each other. We would wake up in the morning. My mother would be cooking breakfast. Mm -hmm. She would leave the door open. We would have five additional people there at lunch. We might have 10 additional people at dinner. So I never felt that way. Crystal was one. Like my mother (laughs) could throw down in the kitchen, but that's the way she showed her love. So I never felt anything outside of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely her parents are, her mother's still alive, but you know, mom is amazing. Dad was amazing. But I definitely agree with that you know sentiment your your mom, you know, like I said, I remember her just taking care of us whenever we had to go on those trips, and she would pack us sandwiches just as well as she packed our sandwiches, and we were there all the time, so I you know they were definitely like I said, I hold them in high regards i i love I love them so much, you know, so and your siblings too, shout out to the siblings. <laughs>
1: Uh, Kanika, what, thank you. What what would you say to like someone in like in your position that didn't have like the loving family that you know that you had? I know you experienced some things from the outside, but what would you say to people out there that that has um, you know a, um, a minister or a preacher as as parents and are very strict and the things we talk about that you didn't go through but they're going through? How what, what, how how could you encourage them right now?
2: So I'm going to talk from the educator lens, not the preacher's kid, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm in education. And I'll say what I say to children. You have to have open and honest conversations with your parents, right? And that might look different. You might have to write your parent a letter. You might have to have somebody else come in and sit with you as you speak to them. You might have to have the pastor come in, the evangelist, the deacon, the deaconess, somebody in the church. But it's important because as people, we carry around hurt we carry around situations that damage us, right? And we don't take the time to talk about them. So even if you are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, your parents are still living, have those conversations, bring a friend, bring someone that can sit there and be your support system while you talk to your parent about the things they are feeling. Now, parents... And I say this, being a parent is a learning experience. There is no handbook. There might be 30 or 40 books out there and you have 30 or 40 different personalities, different children. So there's no one right way to do something. But I will say that it's important to have open and honest conversations. And even for little children, parents, and I'll say this, if you're a preacher, talk to your child and be a parent, right? You can be a preacher on Sunday. You might be a preacher on Wednesday, Thursday night. But in the household, be a parent to your child. And that's what my parents were to us. Mm. They were parents first. And even my mom now, sometimes I say, Mom, I need to talk to you as my mom. And there are times I need to say I need to talk to you as a leader. But I was she was able to distinguish, and I was able to distinguish. And that's what I need. Preachers, pastors, apostles, whatever your role is in a church, when you talk to your children, you need to be a parent first.
0: Amen. That's really good advice. Really good advice. Um, now, Talk about church. Let's talk about church for a second. Let's talk about how often, because I'm trying to figure out how often did you attend church? Because you did, like you said, um, maybe miss out on some things that some of us, even, you know, I got to definitely do some things, you know, um, even though I grew up in a strict household as well. But um, how often were you guys in church? I really think we
2: went to church seven days a week. If I'm being honest with you, I think I went to church every day, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And I have to tell you, there was a time when I said, I'm not going to church anymore. (laughs) Like, this is insane. Why do you have me in church so much? But let me explain to you, as an adult now, I have to go to church because it feeds my soul. It helps me get through the week. But as a child, I said, I'm not going anymore. And I will be in church pouting Hands crossed, feet crossed, legs crossed. Like, I'm not participating. Don't call on me. Don't look at me. And I'm going to sleep, right? Because I don't understand why we're here all the time. This is crazy. But now it's a must for me to go to church. Right. It's a must because I feel like if I didn't have that type of upbringing, I don't know where I would be today. I don't know that if I would be walking in my calling, and I'm talking about my professional calling because my love for children Is where I'm at. I don't know that I would be here today if I did not have that upbringing and that experience. But I'm telling my parents did not play. You did not play. When they said it was time to go to church, you went to church with your long dress to your ankles, Mm -hmm. your socks rolled over, your Mary Jane shoes, your button up in your sweater, and then you had your handkerchief on your head. And that's how I grew up going to church. Let me explain to you when it was time to let the long dresses go and I could wear them a little bit above my knee, you couldn't tell me anything. I was so excited, right? Because <laughs> we are no longer going to church where the dress is to my ankles, where the skirt is to my ankles. I could actually wear a skirt under my knees, but I'm thankful for that upbringing because it's helped me to be the person I, I am and it's still the morals and the values to me that I know that I have today.
0: Yeah, I have to say that too. I have to say, even though, like I said, my experience is not wasn't as strict as yours, because even though my grandparents were in the church, they were not leaders. They were not, you know, the pastor or anything like that. But I would have to say that I absolutely appreciate being, you know, just like you said, The my you know, my grandmother was every Sunday we was going to church, okay? There was no, now she served on the usher board and stuff like that, but every Sunday we were in church. There was not a Sunday that went by. She didn't care what happened on Saturday. You was going to church on Sunday. So I have to say that as well. And, you know, there was times too when I was like, oh my goodness, and I even found myself like you a few years just like not doing anything. And I remember my grandmother calling me and she was like, now, I don't care what church you go to, because I, I knew... It's funny, because I felt like I phased out of Community Baptist Church, which I was brought up in, and she said to me, now, I I don't care which church you go to, but you need to get up on Sunday and go somewhere, but next Sunday, be in church, and I was an, a full adult on my own with a child, <laughs> but I found myself that that next Sunday, I was somewhere, and like you said... I appreciate that because like you, I don't know where I would be without that. You know, I don't know where I would be without that. Just having that relationship with Christ like that to me is more important than anything more important. I mean, just like. It just was, it's just grounding, you know, it just, I have my own testimonies where I know God is real just through my own experiences. So, you know, I needed that. I needed that and I appreciate my grandmother for pressing Uh, and, um, you know, just being able to develop into the woman that I am now, even from where, even from where we both came from, like we, you know, we both steered off. Right. But, at the same time, here we are, you know? And it's just like, you know, God keeps us. He's a keeper. I love this. I love, I, I always say God is the keeper of my soul, you know, and he keeps us. And I'm so appreciative, you know, of our upbringing that our parents just was like really drilling into us the importance of having that relationship with God. So, um, and
1: you know what it is like for me going to church when I was young, the same thing, like, you know, I didn't understand it. Like, why do we have to be here? You, don't, you know, you don't understand. You don't have relationships with people. You just want to go home, you know, and start and have fun. But as, like you said, as you get older, those relationships matter because you got people in there that, that care about you, care about your well-being. Um, if you're, like, you know, getting sidetracked, you got people in the church that help you get back on track, um, especially, you know, if you're uh, a, a babe in Christ. Even if you're, like, you know, experiencing Christ, you may fall off. Everything we need is in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, the church—just by going to church—is not going to get you saved. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and, what, and what, that's what Kanika means by she loves going to church because there's people in there, there's up this there's, there's worship, and when you gather among other saints, it's just it's powerful. And you have to have a relationship with Christ and uh, and be uh, you know have um, the gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and going to church, if you you know, that's a start. You know, if you're in your home and you, you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, you, have, you heard some bad thing. I don't want to go to church. I'm, if you invite Christ into your life and you just start praying, and God, will, He'll direct you to a good church. And, I, and trust me, you you you'll be hooked. You know, you'll be hooked if you allow God to work in you.
0: Amen. I definitely definitely agree with that. And I would I would also say I think I was thinking about um, again just how people will throw these things on you, Kanika. It just came to my mind. Um, When you were talking about people, you know, these labels that people had and, you know, even the walks that we probably both walked, you know, and the one thing I would say to that is that, you know, when people want to hold you to something because you've been there, like whatever I did, whenever, and I'm like, okay, I'm a new creature in Christ. You ain't going, I moved on from there. I don't care what I did 20 years ago. Like you ain't going to keep holding me to something. Well, how could you be this? or how could you do that? Because, you know, you was doing this or you was in a club or you was doing that. But I'm a new creature in Christ. So guess what? All of that is old and done with. I'm a new person. You're not going to hold me. People love to remind you of what you used to be or what you used to do. And I'm like, no, I'm a new creature in Christ. You can keep holding on to whatever you want to hold on to, but I'm not going to allow for you to keep holding me in a place where I moved on from, you know? So I just kind of thought about that when, um, when he was talking with with, with something that you had said earlier, just kind of registered it to my head. Um, The last thing I did want to ask was uh, this now goes on to the church. And I'm kind of, you know, I was a little bit nervous to ask this because I was like, I don't want it to appear like it's coming from a negative place that we're talking about church because we both love God. We love church. We, you know, we save. So, Um, but what is your views on religion or the church? And what are some of the things that can, that would have helped you be better or, Or just like, what do you think, what are some things that you think that we can do better in the body of Christ? And how do you view religion?
2: So one thing I learned is you don't go to church for people, right? Mm -hmm. You go for God. You go for what's being taught. You don't just go for to please someone else. If it's not something that's in your spirit and in your soul, it just becomes routine, right? So you get up and you go to church. But when you walk away, you don't take anything from it. So when I go to church now, right, of course, when I was a child, I didn't understand. And my mother joked, she said, you really listening as a child? And I didn't think I was right. But whatever was being shared and whatever was being taught, I learned it. I learned it. And I learn it now as an adult. And I have to learn it because it's what, and I say this, it feeds my soul. So sometimes I think people go to church, and I'm not making a generalization. I'm speaking about my experiences, right? You go to church because your parent told you to go. Mm -hmm. Or you go to church because your friend goes. You go to church because you want to meet someone. You you have to go to church for yourself. You have to go because it's something that you're looking for. And when you find it, you'll know. And if you go to a church and you don't find it, then find another church, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't find it there, you find another church. But eventually, you have to settle down and find someplace. And sometimes everybody says... I have an issue with this church or this church or that church. You might have to do some self-reflection because it might be something that you are facing internally that you need to address. As far as religion, I say, and this is how I grew up, right? I grew up knowing that there is a God. I grew up knowing that I needed to find a place for myself. Now, my parents, they they went to church. My mother, I think she was born in a church like I was. She probably came out quoting scripture verses and everything, right? (laughs) But you can't do it for anybody else. And that's what I think what happens with some people, like you do it for someone else and you never find the true meaning or the true calling or the true value on what it is that you are focused on. So you have to do it for yourself. And that's the one thing I could tell people and even preachers, children, you have to do it for yourself. You cannot do it for your parents because eventually it turns into resentment or it could turn into resentment. And then you no longer want to go to church. You no longer believe in God. You no longer believe that the things that you experience are real. And so you turn away or you shun everything that you learn. And so if that's my one takeaway today, you have to do it for yourself. You can't do it for your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your children. You can't do it for your wife, your husband. You can't. You have to do it for yourself. Because when you finally do it for yourself, everything that you've been looking for, you'll see it.
0: Amen. Amen. I love that. Babe, did you have anything else to add?
1: No, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's deep, that's deep. I hope everybody understands what she was saying, you know, and it's about a relationship um, and we I know you had mentioned religion, um and a lot of the world gets that mixed up with mm-hmm. you know religion and relationship um and it's important to have both have a relationship with Christ and Christianity as your religion,
0: yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you don't
2: know, go to Bible study because Bible study is a teaching now. Bible study is a time when somebody's going to teach you that word. Now, Sunday is totally different, right? might be totally different, but go to Bible study because that is where you find the things that you need to learn. Somebody's going to break that word down for you step by step so you understand the experiences. And one thing I learned as a child that I say when I read the Bible, I read it like stories. And I yes. think that's what some people have a hard time, right? Because when you read it, the Bible is one of the most complex texts. And I tell my family, and I'm an educator. I say, if you want your children to learn how to read, have them read the Bible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it's very complex. They'll understand it. But have them read it as if they're reading a story. And for anybody coming new to church, that's how I viewed it. Even as a child and as an adult now, when I read the Bible, I read it as mm-hmm. a story story that way it makes sense. And I think that's what sometimes people don't understand what they're reading, but read it as a story. Yeah. Like read it as somebody telling you the story, the beginning, the middle and the end. Is there a problem? Is there a resolution? Is there a conflict, conflict cause and effect? And and that's the educator in me. That's how I read it to make sense of it, to understand. As a child, I didn't understand that, but as an adult, that's what I do.
0: Yeah, I do too. And, and because I love to read, but Um, I do the same thing. I think, you know, I read it. It is a story, like, when you read the chapters, um, you could visualize how it was, you know, where they were at. So I love to visualize, too. Um, That's one thing I love, why I even love reading books. But um, I I totally get what you're saying, and I definitely agree with that. Um, Definitely read it as a story. And, you know, there's a whole Bible study is, like, a perfect tool to Um, a new babe in christ because like you said that's where you kind of get down in that word um you know sundays the preacher's going and he's preaching and he's giving you some some stuff but when you go to that bible study you get good you get down in there
1: (laughs) and i'm not saying go ahead sorry
2: go ahead I'm not saying for the people who are angered in the Lord to read it as a story. I'm talking about people who are just now coming to the Word, right? Yeah. Because sometimes it becomes difficult and you don't understand. I'm talking about the people who are brand new, who struggle with religion and relationship, right? I'm talking about reading a Bible as a story so it can make some sense to you and you can have some understanding. Because once you see it in that light, and this is Kanika speaking. This is not the Preacher's Kid. This is Kanika speaking for anybody who might hear this podcast who you're unsure, right? Read it that way, and that way it will make some sense to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if y'all go to sleep when you're reading, don't 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 be ashamed. They they have they have the audio version the version of the Bible. Like, put that on and listen to it, because there's no excuse. <laughs> Man. people be going to sleep. I'm telling you, you be preaching right I be going to sleep. Not right
0: not with preaching,
1: but reading the Bible <laughs> yeah. at night. I
0: read the Bible at night a lot, but and I be thing. knocked that's, out.
1: I think that's ninety percent of the people problem yeah. They they just fall asleep. Put put the audio version on and listen to it.
0: <laughs> oh God, I can't with him. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, that's me. But no, I read, like, a lot of times I read at night, and so sometimes I fall asleep. I mean, I read during the day, too, but a, l- a lot of times I just like to crack, you know, take my app out and read it at night, but I'd be knocked out. So uh, when he said that, I was just was cracking up. I was like, oh, Lord, that's me. But, um, yeah, we <laughs> we love having you here. We love, love, love having you here today. Yes, yes. And um, if anybody has any question for us or, you know, if they want to write in or have a question for Kanika, send us an email. Our email address is our last name. It's daily, D-A-I-L-E-Y, conversations at gmail.com. Send us those letters, guys, and we will read them and get back to you with some advice. Uh, Kanika, did you want to give information again about um, your talk show? Yes, the please join
2: saturdays at 10 a.m on virtuous streams or facebook you can contact me on facebook send me a private message let me know but please like share and support it i'm on the show, pouring my heart out, sharing my life experiences. So please take some time to join me. Thank you for promoting my show on your show. I Absolutely.
0: appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again for being our guest. We love you. And guys, we love you for listening into to us. Um, stay tuned for next time when we talk about another great topic. But until next time, guys, peace, peace out. out.